Welcome to TFL's Capital Connection, your insider source for the important work and ministry going on at the Iowa Capitol uh, through the family leader. I am, I am Drew Zahn. I've got two folks with me here today. I've got Chuck Hurley, who is a longtime veteran of working with policy up at the Capitol, and I have Noah Myers of our Church Ambassador Network. Exciting things to talk about today, uh, both for those of you who are interested in knowing what really happens in the work at the Capitol and making policy. This is a huge, huge week and time up at the Capitol. Uh, and also, for those of you who may be pastors uh, interested in getting involved with the ministry, you're going to want to stick around and listen because Noah has the opportunity to share with you just exactly what happens when a pastor visits the Capitol with the family leader for the first time. Now, this particular season in Iowa politics is interesting because we just had the caucuses. And all of the media is paying so much attention to the caucuses, but as soon as that vote is tallied, uh, the, the planes pick them up and they depart on, on mass and they're gone. And it's like the media has stopped paying attention to Iowa. But if you are an Iowan, let me tell you, the week after caucus, or at least the couple of weeks after caucus, may be the most busy times of the year when it comes to the issues that impact you and your life most. Up at the Iowa Capitol, there is a flurry of activity. I'm going to turn to Chuck here in just a moment. Chuck told me that uh, specifically, this is subcommittee time. Now, what that means is, i just break it down just for a second. What that means is that these lawmakers have proposed a great number of potential laws for this year. And in the lawmaking process, the first step is to go through a subcommittee. That means typically three legislators, two from the majority party, one from the minority party. They sit down with members of the public and lobbyists as well, and they talk about the bill and they hear the arguments for and against the bill. And this is where a lot of, of the arguments are heard for the first time where minds can be persuaded and changed as to whether this bill should go forward or not. And usually by the time it gets all the way to the floor of the house, oh, that makes the headlines, but the, the bill's already been decided. This subcommittee time is crucial because this is where live, or minds can be changed, where we can truly impact the process. Chuck tells me that he has been up at the, uh, the Capitol testifying nine or 10 or, or so different subcommittees. It's, it's becoming a blur. It's so many right. um, that he's been involved in. Um, but here again, I want to stress why this is so important. It's something that Danny said earlier today. Danny Carroll is also one of our seasoned lobbyists up at the Capitol. And he just wanted to express that the people that we elect when they're up there at the Capitol during this subcommittee time, they are often outnumbered. They're often surrounded with an unholy alliance of lobbyists and testifiers from groups like the ACLU and Planned, Liber or excuse me, Planned Parenthood and LGBTQ organizations and left-wing and progressive and, and just this, all these different voices and surrounding them in the room, a circus of media just salivating at the chance to quote the enemies of biblical values and common sense. That's what's actually happening up at the Capitol right now. 
You might not be hearing about it because, again, most of the country is focused on what's going on in the national scene. How did the candidates do in New Hampshire? How are they doing in South Carolina? But I'm telling you, right now is where this intense battle is going on at the Capitol. And while a lot of the world isn't paying attention to that, the family leader is. Chuck, talk to us about what the family leader has been doing, what you and Danny and Ryan and others have been doing up at the Capitol during this critical week. Well, for example, this uh, Tuesday, there were just two of us among a plethora of testifiers talking about how pregnancy resource centers help women and girls in crisis who have unplanned pregnancies, and they provide uh, diapers. They provide a lot of practical help. They provide vocational help. They provide spiritual counseling. They stay with these women, these girls, sometimes as long as six years after the baby's born. They help pay rent. So it was a beautiful moment to highlight what pregnancy resource centers do, and yet by far the most testifiers were Planned Parenthood and, as you mentioned, the ACLU and others who just can't stand the fact that we're standing up for babies and their moms and wanting babies to live and not die in abortion clinics. Yeah, so let, let me just you know, kind of restate and clarify that. If the family leader wasn't there, or some of our like allies are up there, and I don't mean to, to not mention them. We definitely have some allies yes. in the fight as well. Yes. But if we weren't there, these legislators would be hearing about a bill, uh, such as the More Options for Maternal Support, the Moms Bill of, of, that's been passed. And they would be hearing about that bill, and then when they sit down to make the decision, should the bill go forward or not, the room would be flooded with people talking about how, no, no, these women need abortions. They don't need the care of these, these unaccountable. They make their arguments. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to make their arguments for them because they're basically nonsense. Right, <laughs> um, right. But they would hear a chorus of people jeering and arguing against this bill. Mm -hmm. And if we're not there, that legislator has to either defy the entire room or cave. And to be honest, our legislators, the people that we voted for and elected, how many times can they walk into a room and defy the room over and over and over again without that encouraging voice? We, we see ourselves often as uh, Aaron and her holding up Moses' arms in the battle. These are some great legislators. They brought forth some great uh, proposed laws, many of which uh, the family leader has encouraged them to bring forward. We work with them before the bill is drafted and filed also. And so it is a team effort. And we just praise God that there are so many good legislators now. And there's a growing number of uh, pro-Christian lobbyists too. One of the neatest things in the last three years has been seeing Moms for Liberty show up in big numbers and testify. One of those allies I was talking about. Super yeah. ally, great friend of the ministry. Um, and they come up and talk about how pornography shouldn't be in a sixth grader's classroom or in the library in the junior high. And just, just that voice, that attaboy, that support for those legislators, I think makes a tremendous difference. I was a legislator for six years, and it was tough sledding. And the left, unfortunately, as Jesus said, uh, the sons of darkness are often more shrewd than the sons of light. 
the the left got a 20 or 30 or 40 year head start on uh, people of Orthodox Christian faith. But now Orthodox Christians are showing up in bigger and bigger numbers. It's just really cool. It's fun to be a part of. So yeah, I testified a whole bunch. My head was on a swivel. I was running up and down the stairs, going to and from um, subcommittee meetings. We testified on things like religious liberty, uh, that people shouldn't be forced to, let's say a, a doctor ha- or a nurse has a problem being forced to not to get too gross on you here, folks, but to to do genital, you know, surgery on a perfectly healthy boy who thinks he wants to be a girl. Doctors, nurses, other medical people shouldn't be forced to help castrate that boy. And we got the bill out of subcommittee, but you would not believe how much opposition there was just to that simple common sense idea. So yeah, it was a real battle royal this week. I do want to say one other thing that happened this week that was so cool. On Monday, before the legislature convened at 1 o'clock, we had a a prayer rally for life on Capitol Hill. We had the governor come speak. We had the attorney general, Brenna Byrd, great pro-life attorney general, newly elected, just been in office uh, a year. And we had a bunch of pro-life legislators, and there was a great spirit, a lot of prayer. And so it was a really, I would say, A++ week for the Lord and for the Lord's purposes on Capitol Hill, policy-wise, prayer. And then I just want to throw in this, too. Our friend Danny Carroll led the Bible study on Thursday morning, uh, which y'all are welcome to join, 7.30 every Thursday morning in Room 22. And I will be leading the Bible study next week at the Capitol, 7.30 Thursday morning, Room 22. So there's some great things happening. There's a prayer meeting every week. God is on the move. You know, uh, a great reminder, Chuck, that the Scripture tells us our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not even against these uh, groups and lobbyists. It's not against political parties. Uh, Our battle is against spiritual forces of darkness. Now, those spiritual forces sure have a lot of allies who are very flesh and blood, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that is not who the enemy is. Um, And so those times of prayer, uh, taking ground. Speaking of taking ground, Chuck, uh, you said actually in a meeting earlier today, I'm putting you on the spot here, uh, you said in a spirit of encouragement that you're seeing more ground being taken in one week than in 26 years of work at the Capitol. A, that shows how long you've been up there. But but B, what has you so encouraged? What is the progress you're seeing? You you introduced me on these podcasts as a, a longtime veteran. You could just say Chuck's really old. <laughs> well, I, I prefer to allude to your experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Danny and I have, I think, a combined 63 years of experience at the Iowa State Capitol. And it's, which, which, folks, I'm going to interject right there. One of the reasons I keep saying that is because that builds a tremendous amount of credibility with the legislators. We are not just, I mean, we have some great young people who are, we're working in the, we're working into the process. who are up at the Capitol, working with the family leader, but we have built a tremendous amount of credibility and respect. And that gives, uh, even though we may be few in number, uh, that gives us a tremendous amount of impact at the Capitol because we have an asset like Chuck and Danny, regardless of how old they are. <laughs> It is fun now to have uh, newer legislators come up to us and ask us questions because we have something to offer. And so it's a great partnership. It's just a joy for me to work there. I feel called to it. I feel like this is the part of God's vineyard 
that he has asked me to go tend and prune and and uh, harvest grapes from. And so we're seeing a huge harvest. Just this week, we had, I think, uh, 12 or 13 of our priority bills pass out of subcommittee. Uh, in 26 years, uh, <laughs> we didn't have that many bills, good bills come out of subcommittees. It's just, it's just night and day from what it was. And that really is a function primarily of uh, we've asked God for 33-plus years to send us better legislators, people who love God and love their neighbor as themselves and follow the uh, Scripture. And we just have a bunch of fine Christian legislators now and a great Christian governor. So it, it's just a joy. I'm, I'm, I'm pinching myself that I still get to do this. Fantastic. Uh, Chuck, I very quickly, cause I got to get to poor Noah over there who's been neglected so far. Um, but Chuck, uh, you talked about again, the progress, the subcommittees, the, the, the list of bills. Can you hit just, just some of the highlights? What are some of the issues that these bills are, are, are dealing with that you're seeing passed? Sure. Life subcommittee. Yeah, through subcommittee. Life is uh, a paramount issue. Obviously, I just had this conversation with several legislators this week. If you're dead, it doesn't matter what the tax rates are or whether you have AEA services or not. So life is the preeminent issue. It's the first right given by God mentioned in our Declaration of Independence. So life, primo situation. We've had um, the mom's bill you mentioned earlier, more options for maternal support. That bill is moving. I testified on that this week. Another bill that would require dads, uh, biological fathers of unborn children, to help pay the expenses that the mother has, whether that's uh, prenatal care with a doctor, rent, whatever it is. So there's a number of life bills out there. Religious liberty is a huge issue this year. So the medical right of conscience for doctors, nurses, and so on. Also, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which we've been working on now for 12 years or so. And we will definitely talk about more in future episodes. That was introduced in the House and Senate this week and has been set for subcommittee next week. So we'll be testifying on that. That's a huge issue to allow people um, an opportunity to not be forced by government or punished or fined or jailed for violating their religious uh, conscience, violating their religious principles. And so I will tell more stories about that. So that it was a big week for religious liberty on those two fronts. And then we had uh, protecting kids online discussions with a number of legislators, including the Speaker of the House. So we're going to try to have age verification, try to prevent so much pornography being available to minors, trying to prevent these large social media companies from really uh, using and abusing and, and, and really causing a lot of crises in young people's lives. Uh, so stay tuned. That's going to be a huge issue the rest of the way through. Fantastic. Great work being done up there. And speaking of great work being done, the work of the pastors, uh, having such an impact. Oh, Chuck's raising his finger. One Let more thing. Let me say one more yeah. thing about pastors. One of the surprise issues this week was a bill to uh, tell school districts that they have the authority legally and even the blessing from the legislature to uh, either hire or bring in volunteer chaplains. Talking about pastors. Pastors can go to the schools, and it's happening now in a number of states, 
It's happening in a small way informally in Iowa, but this legislation would actually um, help fan that flame and get it uh, aware into every school district in Iowa. So if a volunteer pastor wants to come in and act as a chaplain, uh, there will be legislation that will really authorize that and, and clarify that. So that's a big issue at the Capitol this week. We testified on that, and the opposition to that was insane. I have to admit, I've got a personal tie to that story as well. Years ago, when I was serving as a pastor in, in northern Iowa, uh, Corwith Wesley Laverne uh, School District uh, had um, a, a, just a horrible situation where a young man died in front of half the student body. And as a pastor, uh, I had the opportunity because of a fantastic uh, su- uh, principal and superintendent up there to, to come in and just be a listening presence to those young people who were dealing with grief and shock. And, and to think that those resources might be just cut off and, and one poor school counselor is going to have to cover all of those needs, uh, it, it was so important. Uh, to be able to be there as a pastor and to be a part of that. Um, but uh, anyways, um, <laughs> I got to shift things over here to, to Noah. Um, you know, we've been talking the last couple of episodes of Capital Connection about uh, the work the pastors are doing up at up at the Capitol. Uh, two weeks ago, we had Greg Baker in here who gave us a big bird's eye view of how that ministry works, why that ministry works, the heart behind it, the big vision behind it. We had uh, Leo Lazzarini in here uh, last week. If you have not listened to these two previous Capital Connections, I encourage you to do so. Uh, he talked about the heart of, of what the pastors are doing in terms of building key relationships. But today, I've got Noah in here and Noah Myers, and I want to talk to have, have Noah talk to us about specifically, if you're a first-time visitor, a uh, first-time pastor coming up to the Capitol through the Family Leaders Church Ambassador Network, what is it that you can expect? What's your day going to look like? So, Noah, thank you for being on the on the podcast today. Sorry it took us so long to get to you, but uh, why don't you give us, uh, and especially our pastors listening, an uh, opportunity to hear what goes on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so helpful to just see behind the curtain a little bit to what we're asking you to do when you come up to the Capitol. So I'd love to, to share that with you. Uh, briefly, for why we ask for local pastors coming to the Capitol, why this is such a big deal, our two goals as the Church Ambassador Network, broadly speaking, is one, we want to help our legislators, help our governing authorities see who they're called to be in Christ we want to call them to a higher standard. We want them to follow the example of Christ and lay down their lives for those people that they're leading. Um, and then two, we want them to see the church as a primary resource in problem solving for their communities. So with those two things in view, um, we want to have a local pastor from each house district across the state because what that does is it helps in those two veins by connecting the church, the Bride of Christ, to that legislator's regional district. Um, So often we can have a pastor from maybe the northwest side of the state, a legislator from the southeast side of the state, and they might have a lot in common in terms of what they're working on, but because they're such different regions, um, it's really hard to find a connection point for those two people. So to have that personal connection, that back home in my hometown relevancy, that when I'm as a legislator working on an issue that I know is going to impact my hometown, I can actually talk to a pastor from my hometown who sees it, knows it, and is dealing with it the same way I am. Exactly. 
Yep. And it is so helpful for legislators to see, again, that the church is not only relevant in the issues, it is relevant for the people that they're serving. That back home, wherever I'm from, the church is alive and well. The church is a voice that I need to hear. So that's why uh, we would love to have you up at the Capitol with us for the Church Ambassador Network. And then as far as what your day looks like, um, so much of what we want to do is just create the space for the church to be the church. So we start the day uh, at a church near the Capitol building, just sharing some information about the ministry, about uh, what the day will look like, a refresher for if you didn't just listen to this podcast, um, as well as some updates on just what's going on at the Capitol. It's a little context for your day. And so then you're not thrown into the Capitol unprepared. Exactly. You, have, you have some time to, to break the ice, to know what's coming, to even to start to build some relationships with the other pastors and the team right. that's there so that when you do end up going up into the Capitol building itself, uh, you've got some sure foundation of you. Right. All and right. we also take that time to just bathe the day in prayer Fantastic. together. So then we head up to the Capitol building. And uh, as the Church Ambassador Network team, we just aim to be a facilitator. So we've communicated with your legislators ahead of time at that point that you're coming. Uh, we help you send in the notes to bring your legislators out. We help you just make those connections, introduce you, who you are, what you're doing there, and then just leave some space for you to sow the word with your governing authority and to pray with them to build that local connection. Um, it is such a sweet thing to see pastors just connect with their legislators naturally over their communities. A lot of times they see a lot of the same issues, know some of the same people, and it's a great way for pastors to just be able to come alongside, encourage, and so. And then from there, we uh, treat you to lunch and just have a little debrief on our day together. Fantastic. The the ground prepared uh, that you don't even know about, uh, prepared before you get there, then you're prepared when you get there, and then you discover it really is just as easy as talking with, loving on, praying with, and ministering to a person who's, uh, if, if, if you're able to come and be there, uh, someone from your own district even. That's right. Yep. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Noah, for, for sharing that. Um, if you are interested in more about the bills that we have talked about uh, today uh, on the familyleader.com website, if you go to the top uh, nav bar there, there's something called elections and policy. If you click on that, you'll see a bill tracker, which is a new feature on the familyleader.com website. And you can actually follow along and see the progress of some of the bills that Chuck Hurley talked about. And if you are interested in, if you're a pastor or or you want to learn more about the Church Ambassador Network, Noah, what's the best way to get in touch with your team? Yeah, absolutely. You can send an email to church at thefamilyleader.com. Um, you'll be able to connect with any one of our team members from there, and we'll follow up with you. Fantastic. Until next time, thank you for listening to TFL's Capital Connection. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com 